We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To embarrass a legend like Peyton Manning uh, in San Diego, and, and, and Charger fans knew we were going to win. We, I'm telling you, the one thing we can do year in, year out is beat the, beat the Peyton Manning Colts. Mm-hmm. I don't see why this was going to be any different, or at least I didn't at that time. It's October 2012, Broncos at Chargers. This is Remember That Game, the podcast about sporting events that take you on a journey and maybe chart the path of the zeitgeist. I'm your host, Thomas Emmerich, and my guest is John Solis, whose work you may have seen at Rotoviz and Player Profiler. For this week, we'll throw it back to an episode we recorded a few years back on the Broncos visiting San Diego and finding John Solis in attendance for Peyton Manning's return. It's been a painful uh, couple days as I've re-exposed myself to watching the Chargers. That's true. You know, I think most of your guests probably do a little bit of homework, and I didn't want to be uh, caught unprepared. So um, I watched the game again. It's on YouTube. Uh, Full game. ESPN footage, Monday Night Football, right there streaming. Didn't have to log in or anything. Um, and yeah, it was uh, just as painful as being there in person. Actually, probably more painful because you get a much better view uh, of everything when you're watching it on TV or online. Um, so thank you for that. You had a fresh uh, Philip Rivers jersey on with the right <laughs> color of Chargers blue. Powder um, blue, a classic. Yeah. yeah. At that time, the powder blue was raining in the AFC West. Chargers had won five of the previous eight division titles. And then Peyton Manning comes to Denver that offseason. Philip Rivers says he he wants Peyton Manning in the division. He doesn't feel like uh, it's right that team can win the AFC West with nine wins. And he knows bringing Peyton Manning in will, will definitely make that a higher bar. And the first half, you probably felt the Chargers were still the big dogs there. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was... It was very, very easy to be confident in the Chargers, uh, especially in the pre-Payton AFC West. Um, can I tell you a joke? Oh, yeah. Is it okay if it's a little bit of a crude joke? Yeah, uh, whatever's about to come. So, so uh, Thomas, uh, how do you get a Raiders fan to stop masturbating so damn much? Uh, how do you do it? Well, you paint a lightning bolt on his uh, genitals, 
and then he won't beat it for 10 years. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, and that, that was the spirit of the times, man. All we did was win. It reminds me of both the line in The Wire where Landsman talks about how he couldn't jerk off because he keeps thinking about freaking McNulty. <laughs> and the episode of Flight of the Concords where David Bowie comes to them in a dream and convinces them to <laughs> paint a lightning bolt on the side of his wiener. So it, it, it's a it's a fruitful ground for comedy, that specific painting yeah, activity. You, you had, I mean, this is almost rehearsed. How you had those two specific references queued up and ready to roll. That is uncanny. Um, uh, but but to, to answer your, your question, actually, let me give you a little more context, okay? So there was one thing I knew about the Chargers at that time and in the years leading up to that game, which is even when we're bad, we can beat the Colts. Even when we're bad, we can beat Peyton Manning. Now, I had this idea in my head that Peyton Manning on the Colts had never beaten the Chargers. And that's not true. I looked up his record and in his 13 years on the Colts, he beat the Chargers one time. But otherwise, whenever San Diego showed up, it was a dismantling. Like there's this beautiful interception, the most beautiful interception you've ever seen, right? You can picture it now, the Antonio Cromartie, full extension, better than Odell's catch, better than Odell's catch. Because Eli wanted Odell to catch it, okay? <laughs> Antonio Cromartie gave the full Odell treatment to Peyton Manning, snatched it out of the air. Incredible. And that was one of six interceptions on Peyton Manning that game. Um, sports fans are superstitious. And one of the things I could hang my hat on is we're going to beat Peyton Manning, okay? And, and, and all due respect to Peyton, the sheriff, the legend. I mean, the guy was coming off of a broken neck, right? Like this was his first time playing the Chargers uh, 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 after missing an entire year in 2011. So I anticipated a win. I, I certainly did uh, to the point, And I was a, a very, very, very broke uh, a law school student at that time. And I was so confident that this would be a great game that I, I took my uh, now fiance Maggie, uh, to her first NFL game, Monday Night Football, Broncos at Chargers in San Diego. Uh, it was supposed to be one for the ages. That'll be on the thread for the episode. Yeah, you posted that great picture on Twitter. It looked like a halcyon day in San Diego. <laughs> on the broadcast, Gruden and Tariko kept talking about how amazing San Diego is. Picture of uh, people watching the, the Monday night game on a big screen on the pier. And also speaking to that, uh, they had the neck injury. That The Broncos were 2-3 and three at this point, and the Chargers were 3-2. and two home for the Chargers and a, a Vegas head at Pickham. So maybe the market was a little bit wise to that this Broncos team still could be very dangerous, but they had trailed by more than 20 points in three of their first five games, would go down by more than 20 again this game. Uh, at one point in the broadcast, this really leaps out. It's crazy now. Tariko uh, talks about Elway. Uh, Tariko says, the leap of faith here, the confidence to turn the whole thing around. Get rid of Tebow, trade him off, bring in Peyton Manning, and really, John, let's be honest, turn the offense over to him. Now, the, the idea that that would be a leap of faith seemed like a normal thing at that time. In retrospect, it's crazy because we know his neck ended up kind of fucking up his fingers and ability to throw, but <laughs> not enough. 
Not not enough to keep uh, the sheriff down. Um, uh, those of you who play fantasy football will remember it was 2013, the year after this game, where Peyton uh, truly unleashed the beast, unlike any offense we've ever seen in fantasy history. But there was some question in 2012 as to who this person was and, and what this was going to mean for this game in particular. Absolutely. You know, it made me laugh when I was rewatching this game. Um, so so uh, uh, spoiler alert for the listeners, if you don't remember the shape of this game as intimately as Thomas and I do, uh, uh, the Chargers are up 24-0 coming out of the half. An unheard of lead. In fact, the, the biggest deficit Peyton Manning would ever face coming out of a half in his career, in his career. And that's not comeback wins. Everybody knows he came back and win, and it was devastating or, or spectacular, depending on who you ask. But, but, but this, the shape of this game was a Chargers stomp out, which mm. is what I had paid for, which is what I had hoped for. Um, you know, I went so down, far down that tirade, Thomas, I, I, I've lost track of myself. Why was I providing this context? Why was this, why was this important? I'm serious. Because the Chargers had a 24-0 lead, and they're looking at 4-2. and two. The Broncos, in their Peyton Manning quote experiment, were about to open up 2-4. and four. That's right. So they, they said at one point to Gruden, they said, you know, uh, uh, the impact of a uh, first half like this, uh, it, it doesn't just matter for this game. It could matter at the end of the season. You know, the implication being, wow, this is a serious AFC West rivalry. And, you know, who wins Chargers-Broncos could determine who's going to the playoffs this year, 2012. So, so yeah, the, the stakes were high, despite yeah. being a game six. Previous eight years, all except one, the, the odd Matt Castle Chiefs year, seven titles that mostly went to the Chargers, but a couple went to the Broncos. And usually it came down to those teams at the end of the season. And at halftime, it was like, uh-oh. I don't if Chargers start a four and two, that's a deficit. Basically already spoiled it, but the Broncos <laughs> win this game and the next ten games. They didn't lose rest of the regular season. They yeah. won out. The sheriff yeah. came back this night. This was it. Uh, um I was reading the comments in the YouTube video uh with the full stream, and someone said, uh, on this day, Peyton Manning became a Bronco. And and you know, I read that, I'm like, lame. But but that's that's what that meant to those fans. Um, gosh, this shirt I'm wearing is almost Broncos orange. What is wrong with me? And much like yeah, Chris Harris, you've switched allegiances in this rivalry. Uh -huh. uh, this would be, the, people. you could say the day Harris became a national name. Uh, the Chargers went at him early. They thought they could get at him with Robert Meacham, who's kind of over the hill at this point. They thought they could get at him with Eddie Royal, and that wouldn't work either. Um, th mm. This group of, of Chargers receiving uh, options, VJAX is gone at this point. Yep. Gates maybe nearing uh, the decline. Um, and then Malcolm Floyd, do you think this is more closer to the top or the bottom of the, the Chargers uh, arsenals? Oh, man. I, I mean, listening to that murderer's row you just listed, Robert Meacham? Um, <laughs> no, this you could you could say this was the worst receiving squad. Philip Rivers ever had. I think Vincent Jackson left in 2011 or 2010. He'd been in Tampa Bay at least at least for this season, um, and he was our number one guy for a moment. But even then, you know, he was good for 1,100 yards. Right? We didn't have a, a Keenan Allen type at that time. But but Rivers 
for his career, at least in San Diego, he was the guy who spreads it around. So it wasn't so uncommon to have you know a bunch of bums with between five and eight hundred yards apiece. But in hindsight, yeah, this group, this group stunk. And you know, Antonio Gates, I think this was his tenth season at this point. So he was a few years removed from the the, the ten touchdown, twelve hundred yard affairs of seasons past. But I mean, he played six more years after this. Um, he still had something in the tank, but he was not the dominant force that uh, we knew and loved for for so long. So so no, Rivers. Uh, th- this was not a top tier Chargers offensive weapon squad for me. Even getting up there a little bit, uh, Antonio Gates still the best receiving option there. Not quite at the old man YMCA ball part of his <laughs> career. I mean, he, he could freeze defensive backs like running that like 10 yard dig or an out. And he did uh, beat Mike Adams three times for 50 yards in the first half. They started getting in shoving matches. Um, you could see the Broncos were getting even more rowdy as the deficit went from Chargers 10 0 to 17 0 to 24 0. Peyton Manning has to watch his special teams units fumble away two fumbles uh, before he can get the ball back. Um, how how enjoyable was that to see Peyton Manning tilt his face off uh, and were you able to pretend for a moment uh, that the, the Chargers hold on to the lead? So this part I remember, um, and I remember this from being there live. So my fiance Maggie is from Nebraska. So she's a Huskers fan, but they don't have a professional NFL team. And she was open, very open to having the Chargers be her uh, her team. And as the ambassador to the Chargers, uh, long before we went to this game, I would warn her, hey, you know, Chargers can throw away a game any second. Any second. Phillip Rivers can, can throw a game away. That is the risk you run in rooting for the Chargers. But... By the time, um, what was the uh, what was the last score in the first half for the Chargers? Was it like a ten yarder to Gates, fifteen yarder to Gates? Yeah, I think Gates beat someone to the inside fifteen yards. Yeah, this is after Jammer ran it back, ran his interception in for a, for a touchdown. Um, I looked over to Maggie and I said, "You know what? We got this one. Uh, <laughs> we, dead. You know what? You're dead." We, we got this one, and and we were out there, um, uh, really in in the company of many dejected Broncos fans, which was great because they they were they were so dejected. They would toss their hands in the air in anger and hide their heads, uh, and, and you know they they would look back over their shoulder at Maggie and I and say, uh, you know, this one's ugly, guys. Yeah, that, that kind of humble tail between your legs kind of behavior. Uh, you do when you're on the road and your team is losing. Um, yeah, it was just the best first half of football I, I've I've ever witnessed. Absolutely. Quentin Jammer play where Peyton Manning's on this new team and I think it was their third, their fourth receiver. I want to say Matthew Slater, but it's I think it's Matthew Willis. Um, he has a sight adjustment. Peyton Manning wants to throw. He doesn't see the same thing as Peyton does, so it ends up being a pick six. Peyton Manning, probably Cody Latimer's him, because I've never heard of that guy since. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing you know, 24-zip vibe in the stadium. from Just from the broadcast, watching that, I can't remember a, a Chargers game from the last decade that was this loud while the other quarterback was taking the ball. 
it was um, it was like being a, a real fan of a real team. That's what it felt like. You know what 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 the twelfth man gets to experience every game. What Chiefs fan, uh, uh, Thomas? Why do I think of you as a Chiefs fan? Are you? No, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. Oh, you're um, a Giants. Shit, good for you, man. I love the Giants. I love the Giants. That's a fun team. Yeah, we're we're gonna be fun and bad for a good uh, 10, 15 years, I think. Hey, man, fun and bad is is the way to do it. But but um, to 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 embarrass a legend like Peyton Manning uh, in San Diego, and, and and Charger fans knew we were gonna win. We, I'm telling you, the one thing we can do year in year out is beat the beat the Peyton Manning Colts. Mm-hmm. I don't see why this was going to be any different, or at least I didn't at that time. So, so yeah, that – I mean, if you wanted to call that the last pure moment of happiness I had as a Charger fan, like that 30 seconds before that half, uh, that would be accurate. That would be at least fair. Yeah. Um, Chargers end up missing the playoffs this season, the following season losing at Denver in the playoffs. And then uh, Denver and KC claim Super Bowls, uh, the Chargers <laughs> – uh, the closest they get is uh, that that game where Tom Brady hands it off like 50 times and they can't do anything about it a couple of years ago. Um, so a lot of sad. So, yeah, you go from uh, perennial division favorite and most of the time winner to this, this turning point here in October on Monday night. Beautiful night. Great jersey color scheme on the field and in the stands. It's a beautiful thing. And then the, yeah, the sheriff the sheriff came to Denver and changed things a bit. You know, you talk about jerseys in the stands. When you asked me if I wanted to talk about this game, uh, it prompted me to revisit some of my own pictures. And I took pictures like people would have done in 2012 on their uh a uh, Motorola Razor phone. No, no, I probably had an iPhone at that. I, I digress. But the the audience there, it's not all orange. There's some orange, but there's a lot of blue. There's a lot of blue, powder blue, navy blue, a uh, little bit of Chargers camo because uh, San Diego, they've always got uh, navy uh, 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 vibes on everything. But there were a lot of fans there. And it's a joke now that the Chargers only play away games, even in Los Angeles. Um, but it didn't used to be that way. Yeah, the decibels don't lie. And that game, watching that, you could tell when Peyton Manning had the ball, it was a whole different scene than uh, the last a couple of years in that, in that makeshift uh, high school field they're playing at. Or, or <laughs> I think it's, it, might be, it might be a public park. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a park. There's not even any bleachers. There's several ladies walking their dogs. <laughs> odds are, yeah. But yeah, the Chargers had really taken the mantle uh, during this period from the Patriots as the thorn in Peyton Manning's side. He he got his own uh, monkey off his back, but with that comeback against the Patriots in the AFC title, uh, callback to episode seven with Mark Schofield, Chargers had had, had assumed that role as the as the Peyton troller. Uh, they, they knocked him out in the playoffs a couple times. Once with, with uh, was it Billy, with Rivers' backup coming in during the game, uh, in the playoffs. But I remember that, that 07 run, uh, what, Rivers hurts his knee against the Colts. Yeah, because Colts had the two seed. Rivers hurts his knee in Indy, and then Rivers plays at the 17-0 Pats 
in the AFC title on a like a blown ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so they they they, they trolled after the yeah Peyton exercised the demons in 06. Chargers knock him out in 07. Uh, I think they knock uh, Peyton Manning out again uh, in San Diego in a wild card game, right? Um, in, in one of these games, Darren Sproles put the entire team on his back. That that that's what resonates for me. But I I don't have the uh, uh, recall that you seem to have, Thomas. This is impressive. I, I and think these, these aren't even your teams. I think it might be 08 because I, I think there was a year the Chargers went eight and eight. And but but they won the AFC West, so that's why Philip Rivers is like in 2012. He's like, well, I'm glad Peyton's here. Now we can win the division with more than nine wins. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good for the division's reputation. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, go. Chargers go eight and eight, but they get the home game for winning the AFC West. Peyton's Colts come to to San Diego, and yeah, and Sproles just uh, leaves everyone in the dust. I love it. Love Darren Sproles. He's the original Darren Sproles type back. Yeah, he, he is an archetype. Not everyone it, it gets to be an archetype. There's very few people, and Darren Sproles is one of those. That's pretty special. Um, and this is kind of a weird Broncos roster, too. You could define a Peyton Manning era as the Tammy era, which is the one right before and after a spine injury. And Tammy's this like serviceable tight end. He gets a lot of mileage out of in Denver, and then uh, Tammy and Stokely come to the Broncos in 2012, and are key parts of that uh, of, of that early going in that Broncos run. I, I try to have a couple friends guess, like, hey, who were the skill position starters for the Broncos Monday night 2012? And none of them got each of these guys: Willis McGahee, Demarius Thomas, Jacob Tammy, Joel Dreesen, Virgil Green. That was the first offensive snap for the Broncos. I would, I would, you could have given me 10 hours. I wouldn't have come up with those guys. Uh, Willis McGahee in my brain uh, is a, is um, a Miami Dolphin, which I don't think is, which (laughs) I don't think that's accurate. Right. Willis McGahee retired in 1995. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Where's no Sean? Is no Sean in the mix somewhere in there? Such a weird pre, I guess, I guess record-setting era, like 2013 through and that, through 2015. So starting with the record-breaking season, ending with the Super Bowl. Like these are the uh, the names we remember. You know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Julius Thomas, Noshan Moreno. A lot of us, including myself, remember spending a lot of auction dollars on Monte Ball. Yep. Uh, oh West, Wes Welker, and and this is all. This is pre all of them. It's it's pre Welker. It's Stokely. You do get Eric Decker there, who was. I don't think he was there for the Super Bowl, but he was he was there for the the record breaking season. So so Eric Decker was there. He just wasn't didn't play on that very first play. But right. yeah, a lot of a very weird mesh point in Peyton Manning's career where he just kind of gets a little, little bit of the Colts gang back together, and then has this other weird mishmash of of players, and sometimes even going you know, three tight ends to start a game like, like even the most talented players they were relatively unknown eric decker and demarius thomas and then you have these indie retreads were you really that afraid of peyton's weapons that day i mean going in going in there was just no fear because like i said uh, it, there's there's a prophecy uh a smoking swirling prophecy inside a crystal ball on some witch's shelf somewhere and it said that the Chargers are going to beat Peyton Manning. 
no matter what. And that was what I believed. And until I researched this history, I believed they had always beaten him until this game. I thought they were undefeated against Peyton Manning. Um, so uh, e- even if even if he had a, a, a the best offensive weapons in the league, I, I wouldn't have had an ounce of fear going into that game. But no, especially I, you know, I I know who Dar- Demarius Thomas was, but he didn't scare me. Right, like he was still the guy being uh, uh, tossed to by Peyton Manning, the guy destined to lose. So, uh, no, it it was pure confidence going in, and the events of the first half only bolstered that confidence. Thomas considered a really raw but a talented receiver coming out of Georgia Tech. Suddenly, in a few weeks of regular season with Peyton Manning and an offseason of work with him, he begins the second half, post-corner post, burns Quentin Jammer, shrugs off the hit from Eric Weddle, touchdown, suddenly only down 17. It's 24-7. Were you starting to rethink how dead in the water the Broncos were? On their first score, I realized that it was over. Um, (sighs) Yeah, no, no, truly, truly. Uh, Because um, when I turned to Maggie as we entered the first half and I told her that she could relax and we had won it um there was a voice that said you've gone too far you've gone too far and that's that's the other prophecy that's the one i didn't mention yet um a charger fan who is overconfident is destined to be disappointed destined destined and this one has never been wrong because no san diego team has ever won anything ever ever in any sport for all of time. So, um, yeah, that was, um, that was, uh, uh, not just a warning that maybe we were overconfident. That was, that was the sign. That was the sign and true to form. I, I mean, we didn't score another point the rest of the game. A- and there were many more backbreaking interceptions to be thrown by the king of backbreaking interceptions, Philip Rivers. So it, it was, it was just kind of like buckle up at that point, buckle up. No, not an ounce of confidence after that first Broncos score. It was gone. Yeah, I mean, seeing how open Demarius Thomas was able to get, added that element of route running to that game. You're getting ready for the entire decade to shift for these two franchises 24-7. And very quickly, it's 24-14. Randy McMichael fumbles. The Chargers do a good job of pushing guys, Denver Broncos players, right as they're about to get to the ball. So instead of (laughs) pick it up, they just like squirt it out further. Um, But then Philip Rivers fumbles a few plays later, punches right to Tony Carter, picks it up quickly, makes his way 60 yards into the end zone. Scoop and score. Yeah. Scoop and score. Yeah. That's uh, that's how they called it. It was a scoop and a score. And, and and if you were there, and maybe it comes through on video, the stadium is deflated oh. at that point. And Broncos fans, and I, I can picture this in my mind's eye, clear as day, they're dancing, like in front of me, dancing, standing in their seats, dancing. One guy, he's doing a sea walk. But yeah, we got, we got Denver Broncos doing the sea walk in their chairs in, in celebration. It was, um, you know, it, it was humiliating. Uh, it was humbling and humiliating. Uh, they weren't even ahead yet, but they just knew. Yeah. Uh, the confidence to crit walk all over your asses in your stadium. 
you you won five of the past eight AFC West titles, and they're they're already like, yep, things are changing. Yep. New sheriff, new sheriff in town. New sheriff. <laughs> the new sheriff is the old sheriff, and he's in town, and you're gonna lose. Uh, That's what that told me. Calling Peyton the sheriff is something I went from hating to loving, and back to hating. I think nine times in different cycle, and I'm I'm back into the liking it part after it's, that broadcast. It's a cool nickname. It's yeah. a fine nickname. He looks vaguely like uh, the character Woody from Toy Story. He has a he has a a head for a western. Yeah, like, put, a, put a cowboy hat on that guy. I think it works. Uh, yeah, so you're at 24-14. Uh, the, the ball rolls to Tony Carter, almost like it's choreographed how just in, in synchronization it is. And he's in the end zone immediately. Uh, Philip Rivers is starting to make Philip Rivers faces on the sideline. Yeah. Um, and that can go either way. That can mean uh, comeback or things fall apart. Well, in this instance, Peyton Manning uh, hits... Uh, the go had scored a Brandon Stokely on a fade from the slot. Oh, screen to Decker. They, mm. they, they, they run like a bubble out of uh, like a bunch formation inside the 10-yard line. Uh, assign to everyone the, the shit they're going to run the next year and like win a bunch of people fantasy leagues. You get down to the five-yard line. Now Peyton's padding those stats. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna be fantasy bonanza for two years. Just, just trust <laughs> us. And, and and plays like some of the stuff they're drawing up in the red zone show the firepower there. Yeah, paint, yeah. The the Broncos don't come out of the red zone with a field goal. It's instead four touchdowns. Next thing you know, it's twenty eight twenty four. Are you still in the stadium? We're still there. I, I now uh, again for context. Um, it's not like we got to go to games often. And sitting where we were sitting uh, was a big deal. So on the off chance the universe was going to be merciful, no. We, we stayed. We waited. We endured the, the dancing and the cheering and the high-fiving. And, and again, I tell you, that stadium was blue, okay, with yeah. some orange. But Maggie and I were in a Broncos-infested area. That didn't make staying easier, but no, we 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 stayed. We took our medicine, and and what a perfect Chargers fandom lesson, right? Like, you got overconfident. They shit all over you, and they danced all over you, and they sea walked all over you. And you just had to take it, and you went home broken, angry. Yeah, <laughs> that's the and, experience. And, and you enjoyed it before it was gone. Not just the team leaving, but the the fans. Uh, Getting uh, outnumbered, that part of the, the era. Um, yeah. You were there for one of the final great real Charger nights. Yeah, it was, um, in hindsight, I'm glad I went. And, and and listen, this whole exercise in revisiting this game, for one, it made me remember, sincerely, I used to love that team. Like, love the Chargers. And not because they were good, because they weren't. Even when they were good, they were bad. But I loved having a team. And it's one of the only things I had in common with my dad. And now we talk about fantasy, which is nice. But we used to talk about the Chargers. Um, it was uh, uh, so – I was so much the Charger fan that the fact that Peyton Manning was there was meaningless to me. And, and I was pissed after the game, like I always am after a Chargers loss. It's only in hindsight that I can say now, it's like, hey, wow, I, I watched Peyton Manning's most substantial comeback ever. 
I saw that. I didn't appreciate it at the time. It made me very mad at the time. But with the benefit of hindsight, hey, there's a Hall of Famer. That's cool. And that's not something I'll maybe get to say about any of the Chargers I saw that day. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pretty like magical. Like this guy just had his spine fused, and the the first three games. I mean, I remember in that Atlanta game after the Atlanta game earlier, in this, a couple of weeks before, there's there's talk about whether he can really get it done. He, he doesn't have as much finger feeling in his fingertips. Yeah, uh, they go down big in that game, and he he kept getting picked because there's throws, you know, deep digs, just can't get enough mustard on it. And then this Chargers game, you see him work out how to get around that. And, and and putting different players uh, in situations where they could just break the Chargers' defense. They're, they're giving him trouble with moving Eric Weddle around. And then next thing you know, they're, they're doing these bunches and getting uh, Weddle to bite up in, in, in one area while Peyton's really trying to hit this other area. And um, it, you see him just kind of figure out a defense over the course of one half and then throw all the answers in the second half in a way that uh, only requires throws he can still make. Yep. Um, just seeing him put the puzzle pieces together for his, the new state of his mortal coil was <laughs> quite an incredible thing watching this game. Um, the uh, uh, Padres had the benefit of a um, much older Greg Maddox, and he was, uh, as you say, struggling with the mustard and adapting uh, his pitching right. style to accommodate his older arm. And uh, it felt kind of like that, um, at least now, in hindsight. Uh, the great ones adapt, don't they? They make the most of their tools. Yeah, and the the, the Broncos screen game like seemed like it took the, NF, the NFL by storm that year, too. They're doing all sorts of crazy stuff and uh, out, of, out of different formations. And I remember John Gruden was talking about how yeah, there's going to be like way – way more bunch, way more empty formation than in Indy. And I guess Mike McCoy, who would end up being a Chargers coach the following year, the Chargers uh, get whipped twice in a six-week span by the Broncos. Um, and then they hire the guy who's offensive coordinator there with Peyton. Um, yep. They draw up all these quick-hitting short throws to get you know uh, Eric Decker or Demarius Thomas or Willis McGay, he had a chance to catch the ball and run. Even Wills McGay, he has a 30-yard catch because Peyton Manning gets everyone sucked up into one area, and then the entire left side of the field is open for Wills McGay to just gallop. And then uh, 
and then suddenly you forget that Tim Tebow was even there the year prior. You know, I um, I loved that Tebow uh, playoff run just because it made so many football people so angry <laughs> because Tim Tebow is lousy. He's lousy. He's 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 lousy in in every capacity, but uh, he had the magic, yeah. and that made people furious. And as an observer, I was like, I like that. Give me all the Tebow mania uh, I can handle. Are you still technically a Chargers fan or no. more of an observer? No, 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 no. Zero percent Chargers fan. In fact, um, if you if you wanted to correctly categorize my fandom right now. I am the biggest fan of whoever is playing the Chargers this week. I have never rooted for any team as much as I hate the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this year, okay, so uh, the first year they left, I was actually a Giants fan. Tried okay. that on. Yeah, well, because, you know, you start thinking, who are the players I like? Who are the players I like? And uh, I'm sure you've thought about this and discussed this at length, but um, – you know, I like I like an underdog, but I also like a winner. I love Eli Manning, okay? And 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 we'll just diverge a little bit from the main story here. I hated Eli Manning for a moment. You know why, right? You know why. Oh, yeah. He, uh, for some reason, didn't want to go to such a lovely town. Yeah, well, 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 well. Eli and his dad had this idea that the, the Spanos family didn't know how to run an organization or treat its players. Had this crazy oh. idea of that, mm. and uh, 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 it hurt. And I will tell you this: I don't think Eli did beat the Chargers, at least not for the first whatever ten, however many years of his career. Like we we cursed him for that, but he was right. He was right. It, it, the ownership revealed itself in the years to come, and and in part of my Giants fandom was embracing that. You know who's the opposite. Who's the opposite of what I was doing before? Ah, Eli. And Eli, the Giants. I mean, the the, the, the giant killers themselves, right? The ultimate underdogs. Uh, it was a really fun team to root for. Uh, and then they traded Odell and lost me. Oh. Traded Odell and lost me. I love Odell Beckham Jr. Um, but this year, we're actually, me and my Charger buddies, ex-Charger buddies, uh, <laughs> we're Colts fans. We're Colts fans. I, I, one of the YouTube comments, tell me if this is a good comment or trash. He said uh, that the, the portraits of Peyton Manning in the halls of Indy must haunt Philip Rivers. Oh, no, that, okay, so that that's a comment on a video where Rivers got his ass whipped by Peyton Manning. And that's that's fair within the context of that video. But no, what's Rivers' record against Peyton Manning? Seven and two? In his in his career, it's not much. Career for career, well, okay, let's not put it that way. I think mean, the Broncos the Broncos numbers must have evened it out a little bit, though, right? The 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 those four the three four years of the Broncos. Did did they did they just beat us every time in 2014 and 2015? Actually, probably right. I'm gonna look probably. it up right now. Yeah, let's look uh, it up. Why? Why would you bring that up? <laughs> but 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 let me while you're looking that up. I don't think Rivers versus Manning is a thing, right? I don't think Rivers is someone who is haunted by Peyton Manning more than anybody is. They seem uh, like to be buddies. Right, right. They, they, they're, they're colleagues. Uh, Peyton is a, a living legend. I don't think Rivers would compare himself to Manning, uh, even if it is true 
that he has more wins than losses against Manning, which I'm still going to guess is true. I'm still going to guess that's true. Okay, so in in 2012, the uh, Chargers got swept. So that's going to be two in Mannings. In 2013, they lose at Denver in the playoffs. They beat, they win in Denver in December that season. Oh. Uh, but they split during the regular season. So it's going to be one and four after two seasons. And 2014, uh, they lose to Denver at home mm-hmm. and away. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to go any further. But we can just pretend that the, the, the Broncos part didn't happen, though. We can pretend the Broncos part didn't exist. And if then, you look, I got, if, then that guy's owned on YouTube. If you look only at the Colts situation, that YouTube guy just got dismantled. Yeah. Okay. And, and the portraits, if they're in the Colts hallways, they're going to be a Peyton on the Colts. And you own that version of Peyton Manning. So he he's owned. Bingo. Case closed. That's uh, fine. Uh, 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 Manning fan 4269. Yeah. You're going to yeah. get two thumbs down from <laughs> a couple accounts. Get, get ready for that. <laughs> Most definitely. Um I am looking forward, actually, uh, to seeing what Rivers can do. Um, the the reason for our recent Colts fandom is we could not in good faith root for Rivers while he was a Charger. That was just something we discussed and agreed on. But um, I love Philip Rivers for all his faults, for all his nearly endless faults. Uh, that's my quarterback. For well, Let's make him great in a way. Do like- they? Like like the stuff where on the broadcast they're they're like you know Philip Rivers is still mad because that because two plays ago they called a false start on him, and so he's yell not after he completes the third down he 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 said he's yelling didn't need it at the refs. Wow, yeah. that, that that level of troll. I mean, I mean he's the consummate uh like mi- micro troll. Sometimes macro, but like he slips little things in at, at everyone that I would think uh, would make the game more fun if I was playing. If someone's he, just wild like that. I think he gets under the skin of a lot of players. And I remember Jay Cutler on many occasions wanted to physically fight Philip Rivers. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'll say this, you know, Rivers keeps it clean. He's like a Will Smith or a Sinbad. Like he's, he's cocky and chippy, but um you know, he's never calling you anything worse than, uh, you know, a crumb bum or a, a gosh dang uh, uh, dingus. You know, <laughs> I probably wouldn't call anyone a dingus, I suppose. But, but no, so, so imagine my relief to be able to root for really my favorite quarterback, Philip Rivers, um, on a totally separate team. And then on top of it, you know, I went to school in Indiana. In fact, I went to school with Cody Latimer, who you mentioned earlier. Oh. Um, so uh, I've got the Colts connection. I got my quarterback, Philip Rivers. I mean, uh, this is going to be my best season of football. Fingers crossed we have football, right? Uh, uh, in a long time. Yeah. Um, and now behind what many consider to be the best offensive line in the NFL and Indy, um, there was a stretch where the, that Chargers line in the 2000s was considered one of the best um, with the Marcus McNeil left tackle, Nick Hardwick at center. It kind of falls apart around 2010, 2011. McNeil's uh, falls over the age cliff a little bit. They bring in Jared Gaither to, to kind of shore things up down the stretch in 2011. 
he goes out in training camp. So they end up rolling that season with left tackle Michael Harris, who is an undrafted free agent uh, rookie, which never, never happens, them starting week one. Um, I think only once since 2016 has that happened. So they, they try to roll with that. And then Jeremy Clary at right tackle, um, Doomerville and Von Miller end up uh, being a problem. They combine oh, those for, guys good? Yeah, they combine for time pressures. Uh, I think uh, uh, Doomerville gets at least two sacks and, uh, and at least like one strip sack. He gets in Rip River's face on a couple of the turnovers. How much do you go to bat for Rivers on the idea that he's under attack? Okay, um, a lot to unpack there. Uh, first, there's something I have to mention. During this game in 2012, and for years after, Von Miller was on steroids. Uh, is that, is that, can we right? confirm that? Can we corroborate? I'm putting it out there, okay? I don't know about Elvis Doomerville, but those guys hang out all the time, okay? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they were both injecting uh, testosterone into their butts. Well, they're, okay? they're just, what, what if they're just not saying he did it, but what if they're just uh, evening things out for Sean Merriman? Call it square. Sean Merriman at one point had a very aggressive uh, Twitter follower campaign. Uh, whatever bot he had running his account was aggressively following all of these Chargers accounts and sending the same canned uh, uh, DM to that individual. I didn't realize this at this time. I was a part of the uh, uh, 619 Chargers Club on Twitter. And uh, yeah, Sean Marion followed me and, and even private messaged me. But really, it was a robot. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, no, that, that guy was absolutely on steroids. Um, so uh, as to the Chargers line, I've got this theory. Um, I don't know if, if, if it can be measured. I don't know if you've thought about this. But my theory is on an offensive line, the more players you have returning from the previous year, the more cohesive that line is, the more effective that line is, yes, the yes. more fantasy points and real-life points you're going to get. Yes, uh, yes. This is my personal theory. It's called the, the Solis Offensive Line System. Hey, I've been, that's a good name. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we can discuss it later if you like. But uh, based solely on that, uh, I'd have to say, uh, you know, having a, a UDFA playing basically his fifth ever game of football uh, against Von Miller with uh, uh, zonked out on, on enough testosterone to make him see red. Uh, yeah, that's not a recipe for success. Um, uh, uh, the Chargers, who who was the last who was the last big lineman they invested in? Was it DJ Fluker? Okung was, I mean, relative to what they're typically spending. And then they usually don't go first round offensive. Like they, they typically avoid first round offensive line, but they did they did go Forrest Lamb with a second round pick, which is like should have been pretty valuable, but he can't stay healthy. Mike Pouncey. I liked Fluker. He never got uh, enough respect in San Diego. Uh, he got a little bit of it in uh, Seattle. Where is he now? Is he a Raven now? DJ Fluker? Fluker is now, yeah. I think he's going to be starting right guard for the Ravens, replacing uh, Marshall Yonda. Some some shoes to fill there. Do you think it's necessary for a guard to be versatile? Because, I mean, Fluker was as mauling 
a run blocker as I had ever seen. Like, that man can run block. I don't know how he is at protecting Philip Rivers. I don't know. That's not something I, I can measure. But I thought he was good at that, and I was sad we got rid of him because uh, he was a great run blocker. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I it seemed to me like, yeah, pass protection it isn't the his strongest suit, but at the same time, uh, every component of his game is going to be way better than like the the median Chargers offensive line starter over the past several years. Mm-hmm. So so you're 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 figuring out how to fill a right guard spot that you you've usually screwed up, and that's not an ideal place to be. Yeah, I would look into you know, the Chargers' offensive uh, line continuity numbers over the years and, and see how that kind of traces to how many times people like Ryan Matthews just hit the line of scrimmage <laughs> uh, like a brick wall every time. Yeah, I think Ryan Matthews in this game, 22 carries for like 74 yards. Uh, I think sure. Danny Carter on Twitter said they had the typical Ryan Matthews number. I remember dying on that hill, loving the production down the stretch in 2010, spending a bunch of auction bucks in 2011. By 2012, oh, yeah. he's dead to me. But, um, <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. When did he get like 1,600 yards from scrimmage? Was that, was that 2010? I remember actually trading for him and then realizing like he can't get past line of scrimmage without getting hit by a linebacker or defensive no. tackle. No, no. And, and, and health was... Uh, unfortunately an issue for him always um i thought philadelphia was going to be a nice resurgence for ryan matthews i always liked it yeah it was always uh ball security and injuries if you just shore both those up and like to me it seemed like it was pretty pretty good broke his clavicle on the first yeah. season carry he also got a car accident that off season i don't know if those are uh related but <laughs> I'm going to chalk that one up to bad luck more than... Uh, well, I mean, you can't... Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't predict his um, his car accident on the way to um, uh, Krispy Kreme on Rosecrans? Oh, man. San Diego listeners? That's some that's some Chargers stuff to happen. Only, only the Chargers... Yeah, in the second half, Chargers go down. Rivers tries to go at Chris Harris mm-hmm. uh, a couple too many times. He runs the route for Eddie Royal on a third and seven, gets the pick. And then does it again uh, on Royal, which actually yeah. I went to high school uh, in the same district as Royal. Really like a lot of stuff he did with the Broncos. But this day with the Chargers, he he was I think he had been injured in camp, was new to the team, yeah. didn't have as much coordination with Rivers. Uh, Doomerville got in Rivers' face on an out route, so he couldn't get a great view on it. But at that point, you have to know this this Chris Harris guy is terrorizing you. Just hold it and go somewhere else. He throws it. Harris takes it to the house. Is that where you walk out of the building? So, so uh, full disclosure, we stayed till the end. Nice. We stayed till the end. But if someone were to walk out after another ill-fated challenge, an ego-driven challenge of Chris Harris, that would be a great time to do it. But that's that's Philip Rivers football, isn't it? You know, you've just you've just identified it, like. I will be. I will not be beaten by any man two times. Like that's Philip Rivers for you. Yeah, you got me the last time, uh, you, you dang chowderhead. But uh, listen here, you you silly old dingus. <laughs> this what's connecting to yeah. This what's connecting to Eddie Royal. Um, um, did you like how? Because I know you rewatched this just like I did. 
did you like how in the beginning they were trying to frame it as an Eddie Royal revenge game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we're not we're not out here talking about a revenge game for that guy necessarily. Or, or uh, maybe maybe it could have gone different. Maybe uh maybe he could have blown up on special teams in that game, but that was not to be. I also remember uh, at the start of the game I think Chris Harris really, I mean, this is his first game he really popped off. He was like kind of solid up to that point, a second year player, a lot of part time his first season. Uh, in this Chargers game, they, Rivers goes at him early and the announcers yeah, say, like, hey, yeah, Tracy Porter's out. So they're, they're, they're going to test this guy. You know, it's still a pretty good secondary that Tony Carter, who made some plays that day, also ended up with a pick off a of pass to Robert Meacham, another person who had a, a rough run with the Chargers. And, uh, oh, yeah, and Champ Bailey was there, too. Oh, yeah. It's still yeah. a pretty good secondary. Down Malcolm Floyd pretty well that night. That pick six uh, by Chris Chris Harris makes it 35-24. Broncos pull it out. A couple quotes from after the game. Pete Mannings, he talks about, yeah, how, how they interview him and Rand Stokely because they had, like, a nice hand signal at the line on that play where, where Stokely scores on the fade. Peyton says, I'll take Stokely over any slot receiver in the league. Wes Welker's great too. And I'm like, wait, he hasn't even he hasn't even played with Wes Welker. Oh, that's a signal. Okay. Yeah, that was some tampering. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little bit of tampering, Peyton. Why would I do it on live television? They're like, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. He's yeah. a great slot receiver, and you're just stating the fact. Um, yeah, so yeah. very savvy move from Peyton. Truly is the sheriff. I also love how Tony Carter picks it up to scoop and score, make it 24-14. Obviously, Peyton Manning knows, okay, the announcers uh, or the broadcast crew is cutting to me. And I, I think when that happens, even though he's about to go out in the field in two seconds, he starts warming up even harder. <laughs> <laughs> I know he does. <laughs> yeah, that's a, very, that's a very Peyton move, isn't it? Ever the showman. Ever aware of the cameras, uh, a lot of respect in hindsight, for sure. Yeah, I mean, as far as building up the drama, building up the television event, no one does it like Peyton. And also John Gruden on the on the broadcast, underscoring how wild it is that Peyton Manning's coming back from this. Gruden's like, hey, I had great players, Sterling Sharp and Rich Gannon suffer neck, neck injuries. It was over. This is crazy that he's back. This isn't happening. Yep. Oh, yeah, I wanted to drill down. So what do you remember an exact moment where you said going to become kind of a floating fan of football? I can't I can't take it with the Chargers. Sure. I don't know if I can hone in on a specific instance in time, but when it became clear that they were leaving San Diego and specifically they were going to Los Angeles, um, that's when I turned in my card. Um, so if they had left and gone to a city without a football team, just a, or, uh, had here, let me ask you this. Had the Rams, the Rams had just left uh, uh, St. Louis, right? They were already in LA. I want to say by 2015, 2016. Yeah. I think they were yeah, a year before the Chargers. If the Chargers had gone to St. Louis and been the St. Louis Chargers, I would have no problem having that be my team and continue rooting for Rivers and then uh, uh, Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen and all my favorites. Um, I would have no issue with that. Uh, uh, really, as a San Diegan, as the... Uh, uh, oh, rivalry a little bit with LA. Yeah, I, I mean, 
you you would be hard pressed to get an Angelino uh, uh, to acknowledge that it's even a rivalry because, as I've said, uh, L.A. teams have championships, uh, San Diego teams do not in any sport and and never have. Uh, we've been second class citizens both um, in the sporting world and otherwise. All of us who went to undergrad in San Diego have friends from L.A. It's like uh, uh, your partner leaving you in a divorce and going to shack up with your worst enemy. It's unforgivable. It's inexcusable. If they'd gone anywhere on earth other than L.A., I'd still probably be a Charger fan right now. But once it became clear that's where they were going, I had to, I had to pack my bags. Uh, so a Chargers fan who has become a Colts fan. Are you ready emotionally for this? Philip Rivers in a Colts uniform. Is this the most excited you've been for a football team? Okay. Um, so I'm not going to pretend it compares to the glory days of the San Diego Chargers, right? Um, but since the Chargers have left, rooting for Philip Rivers in my college state of Indiana – uh, uh, I feel a connection probably for the first time. I've been a, a Giants fan in the years that have passed. I've been a Cleveland Browns fan and it, it's been fun, but there's been no connection, right? There's been no connection. Like, I guess I eat a lot of chili. That's vaguely an Ohio thing. You know, yeah. go Baker. I eat chili. Go Baker. Yeah. We don't even know, know if Baker eats chili. Yeah, we don't, he probably doesn't even eat, eat chili, right? I I, I was uh, uh, I got engaged in New York, right? I, I was a Giants fan. Hey, I got engaged in New York. I'm a New Yorker. Um, but uh, uh, you traded Odell, so what's the point? So so for the first time, hey, I went to school in Indiana. Uh, I love Philip Rivers. This feels like my team. This feels uh, I can invest a little. So, yeah, emotionally, I'm very prepared, and it feels almost authentic for the first time in four years. Yeah, and in the halls of uh, Peyton Manning, (laughs) it comes full circle. It certainly does. This has been another episode of Remember That Game. Please rate, review, subscribe, and check out more episodes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.